In today's show, we're looking at the Chicago Bulls from a fantasy basketball perspective for the upcoming season. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're talking Chicago Bulls, one of the most interesting teams who has undergone one of the largest changes in the offseason. I'm doing the fantasy show here. We'll be back later on to do the uh, regular, I guess, basketball preview with one of the hosts of the Locked On Bulls podcast. So stay tuned for that. You'll find that on the channel in uh, in a few hours' time, I'm guessing. Uh, but we're going to talk fantasy perspective. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. All right, let's talk about this. Um, let's talk about this Chicago Bulls team and what we can expect from them for this upcoming season. Let's start by looking at the schedule. They have 51 quality games. That is a league average number. So it's a pretty good start to have those 51 quality games. Unfortunately, they do have 14 back-to-backs. There is no real injury worry on this team at this point, as I will always say. But if this is the first one you're listening to, the worry with that is is if someone does get hurt and then they come back, they're going to sit back-to-backs for the first little bit of time. But 14 games is not too bad. In the Yahoo, the big discrepancy here, in the Yahoo default playoffs, they have 11 games. They have a 3-4-4 schedule. In the playoff that I recommend, it is terrible. Eight games. Two games in the first round of the playoffs, and then three games and three games. So that's a real worry. So if you are debating between two players and you are playing that schedule that I suggest, where you finish on March the 20th, the Bulls guys are hard to roster. You're getting two games out of one of your top picks is very, very tough. And you know that I'm not someone who drafts on playoff schedule, but a two-game week is really, really hard to stomach, especially when you don't reach for guys who are significantly worse because you've got to get to the playoffs first. But if two players are pretty similar in your mind and your estimation and one of them plays two, one of them plays four games, well, then it's obviously a pretty significant no-brainer to take the guy who in that week is going to play more games. Of course, if they're playing fewer games in that first week of the playoffs, that means they're playing those extra games at other points in the season, and you still need to get there. But it is it is absolutely going to be somewhat of a consideration when things are, are that there's that much of a discrepancy between the games. And eight games in a playoff uh, three-week playoff window is pretty uh, a pretty striking scenario. Let's look at some pressure points now of what can change with these projections. Well, this is one of the hardest teams to project. At this point, they don't even have a full roster. Like their roster is not, there's still some roster spots left. I don't think there's any rotation spots left on this team, but there's still some roster spots left. But there's lots can go wrong here. Like who is the player that takes the step back on usage? We didn't see very much of um, of Zach Levine playing alongside Nikola Vucevic last year. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. And now we add DeMar DeRozan to the mix, and we add Lonzo Ball to the mix. Now, Ball's not a high-usage player, but he's a very good three-point shooter at this point in his career, and he needs the ball in his hands to facilitate. And if he's not out there with the ball in his hands, then what's the point of having him? DeRozan's a high-usage player. Levine's a high-usage player. Vucevic is the high-usage player. Now, Vuce and Levine are clearly the best two players on this team. You know I don't rate DeRozan all that highly. 
Uh, that's not true. I don't rate him all that highly in comparison to how others rate him. I still think he's a really, really good player with significant limitations, especially playoff limitations and defensive limitations. And so you're trying to scheme everything around him. That's all That's all a concern for sure. But who takes that usage hit? I think it will be DeRozan that takes the biggest hit out of Levine and Vuce, and then it will be Vucevic next. Um, Lonzo is going to struggle to have the ball in his hands. Now, one thing, if you haven't watched a ton of Spurs, DeRozan has really improved as a playmaker. He's still not as good as Lonzo Ball in that regard. And Levine's a, a solid passer, and Vooch is a solid passer too. So it's not like he can just become a full-time you know, point guard type guy who averages nine assists, because there's other guys still need the ball in their hands and are still you know, pretty solid creator. So it is a, a bit of a squeeze. But if it doesn't work that way, and it's Levine that takes the big hit, or Vooch takes a big step back, then that can really impact how I'm viewing everything. If DeRozan still comes and has his 23 24%, 25% usage, and Levine yeah, then drops down to 24 as well, then yeah, what I'm projecting for this team gets really screwed up. I don't think that'll be the case, but it is something we need to watch watch uh, watch out for. And the yeah, second point there is, does Lonzo get to handle the ball? Because I think Lonzo Ball can have some real value this year, but it, he's just basically playing like a spot up and a spot up guy in a defensive guard, while DeRozan and Vooch and Levine take turns shooting it, and Lonzo just doesn't get it in his hands. Well, his ability to generate those high level assists. He really cuts into his value. And if he doesn't get seven assists and gets five assists, then he's like a top 80, top 90 guy versus a guy that should be around top 50. It is a very big difference. And we just don't know how this offense is going to run, trying to fit DeRozan and Lonzo in alongside, um, as my poster falls down in the background, uh, alongside Levine and Vooch in that squad. I just now realized you couldn't even see my poster falling down at the back behind me because we're on a, a different screen here on the video, but I have come back and fixed that. And then the last thing that's a pressure point is Kobe White's role. I expect Kobe White's role to diminish significantly this season. He's not going to be ready to start the season. He's coming in with an injured shoulder. And to me, he's like going to move from being like a starting point guard to being a guy that plays behind Levine, Lonzo, and DeRozan and has to compete with Alex Caruso. But I could be wrong. Maybe they still find 30 minutes a night for him and just play small all the time. You know, DeRozan plays a lot at the four. Levine plays a lot at the three. And Kobe still gets 30 minutes a night. I could be way off on that. But that's yeah, one of the pressure points, I think, there with the projections for, uh, for Kobe White. Guys, excessive sweating, hyperhidrosis, it's a real problem. It's embarrassing as shit. Like you guys know that if you suffer from this problem or you know someone in your life, it's not great. You have to work out what color shirt you're wearing. You have to you know, try and prepare yourself in a meeting. Make sure you don't lift your hands up so people can't see what's going on under your arms. Sweat block is the answer to that problem. It is doctor created and doctor recommended. Stronger than most clinical antiperspirants. It's been tested and proven to work on firefighters and they work in a bloody hot environment as you're well aware. And now you can get sweat block for 20% off at sweatblock.com. What you do, you get the sweat block wipes. Before you go to bed, you wipe them under your pits. You have a sleep. You wake up the next morning. You have a shower and you go off to work. Problem solved. And they last up to seven days. You might need to do it twice a week, but in general, once a week application is all that is necessary. A truly revolutionary product. Now you can find these on Amazon or CVS as well. But again, if you want 20% off and who doesn't, go to sweatblock.com and use our promo code Locked On. Sweatblock is the answer to your over-sweating needs. All right, if you're hiring, there's also solutions to that problem because Indeed is exactly what you need. Hey, I didn't even mean to rhyme that, and there we are. 
When hiring gets hard, you need Indeed, the job site that makes hiring incredibly simple. Just attract, interview, and hire. In fact, with Indeed, you can do all of your hiring in one place, including interviewing. Don't just hope that your perfect candidate will find you. Indeed's hiring tools will help cut through the noise to hire faster and smarter. In fact, Indeed Instant Match provides a list of quality candidates whose resumes are on Indeed the moment you post a sponsored job. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And according to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked. Is that right? 75 bucks? That sounds that sounds too much. No, it is. No, just getting word that it is correct. Get a $75 credit at indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through September 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. Let's move on to the next thing we've got here for today's show and breakout candidates. I think the only real breakout candidate, and I find that hard to believe that it's going to happen, is Pat Williams. Second year player, so ticks that box. A guy that you know showed an ability in summer league to deal with some higher usage, albeit inefficiently. Yeah, there is breakout potential there. I don't see it happening because alongside Lonzo Ball, Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucevic, when is he going to touch the ball? He's going to be out there doing his best Tory Craig impression. Royce O'Neal. Royce O'Neal, actually. That's a good impression. He's going to be out there defending his ass off, maybe hitting corner threes, which he did at really low volume, but a good percentage last year, and not really having an ability to expand his usage or, or ball handling or playmaking or self-creation. It could happen, and he could just come in in, in camp and just be unbelievable. And they go, fuck, we just got to get the ball to this guy. We've got to create sets for him. We've got to create rotations where he does have the ball. I don't see it happening just because of the way they've built this team, but maybe he just takes an unbelievable leap forward and becomes someone who can um, who can work into a larger role. Again, it is going to be tough for that to happen given the structure of this team and the moves they made in the offseason, but it's one that we can't, we can't 100% ignore because he does have the talent. He did show in a pretty solid role last year. He could be useful. I think somewhat of his rookie year was a little bit overhyped. And for fantasy, he's no good at this stage. And he'd need a lot to go right for him to be a standard league contributor in fantasy basketball. But for him, he's probably the only one that I look at as a real breakout type of player on this team. Let's go to some fantasy sleepers now. Now, as much as I don't love DeMar DeRozan as an on-court fit at times... I, th- I think he's being undervalued in fantasy. Yahoo has him 66th. E- uh, Fantrax has him 72nd. Now, on the, on, the, on the flip side to that, ESPN's got him at 47, which is probably in, in a little bit too high or about the right area. I think in that 50, 45 to 55 range, it's about okay for DeRozan. Now, there is plenty of scope for that to go wrong. I, I think a drop in usage, which will come, will be offset by those nice assist numbers and the really good free throw percentage. I think 66 is too low. Now, DeRozan was 37th last year on a per-game basis. 72nd on Fantrax is, is way too low. 66 on Yahoo is way too low. I wouldn't expect him to be as good as he was last year because that usage drop. But in those positions, it's, it's, it's too low, I think. And you're looking at him with some real value. Now, on, in a... Um, in a points league type scenario, it is a little bit different because you know we know that in points leagues usage is, is one of the key things because you know, points are the the number one overwhelming um, factor. But still, I think he can be a top fifty, top fifty five player. And at sixty six or seventy two, there is a, a lot of value in getting Demar Derozan with that sort of uh, that sort of bargain. I threw Alex Caruso in here as well because Yahoo is three hundred and fifth. 
Now, I'm not suggesting that he is a 12-team league guy. By no means is he a 12-team league player. Like he, he just isn't. He's 259th on ESPN. But when you're talking deeper leagues, and we try to cater to all league types here, at 305, he, he needs to be drafted in 20-team leagues, probably 18-team leagues, maybe 16-team leagues. And the fact that he's down at 305 makes him someone that might slip through the cracks. He'll play 20 minutes or so, 21, 22 minutes a night, and he'll be like maybe best case top 200, but he should be drafted. Um, Patrick Williams, an interesting player. Yahoo's got him at 134. Remember last year he was 193rd, and it's arguably going to be harder for him this year. He might break out, as we touched on already. But 134, I don't think I'd want to take him there. I, I can see how it could work out, and my rankings actually have him at a similar zone. I'm not 100% in on that. Uh, points leagues, he's much worse than category leagues, but there could be value there for him. Um, but at 226 on ESPN, yeah, I love it. Like pick 150, last round pick, pick 170. I love it. At 226, there's great value. And then if you want to go on fan tracks, Marco Simonovic, who may or may not be in the rotation, but you have to scroll all the way down to play a 1,305 to find Simonovic, who I thought showed some things at Summer League. He probably comes in, has got a chance to be backup power forward. Derek Jones Jr. is in that mix now as well. So Simonovic might be able to take some of those minutes away from Jones, maybe backup center ahead of Tony Bradley at times too. All I'm saying is in a deeper league, he is way down the bottom of the list. And if you're way down the bottom of the list and you're fine trying to find someone, he's a guy that at least has a shot at being a rotation player. And there'll be people who don't even know that Simonovic is on this roster. I'm guaranteeing you that. And maybe Fantrax is one of those because of how far down that ranking list he currently is. Let's look at some busts. Um, I think we have to do this one. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. Last year, Nikola Vucevic was the 13th ranked player on a per game basis. And you can go in and tell me that he was top five in totals. And I will say that's fine. That is assuming that everyone else gets hurt and he doesn't get hurt, which is a bananas assumption. Vooch is a guy that in the past would struggle to play 70 games. He had constant injuries and then he stayed healthy. So again, that's why I want to look at per game numbers a lot more than totals. Because again, you cannot predict health. You cannot predict getting hurt or not getting hurt with any sort of level of reliability. Anyway, Vooch was 13th last year. Yahoo has just come in and said, well, you'll be 13th again this year. Zach Levine was 14th last year. And Yahoo said, okay, you can be 14th again this year. That is assuming that nothing, and remember, they barely played with each other last year. So they have not only to deal with each other, they're going to deal with DeRozan. They're going to deal with Lonzo Ball. It seems unrealistic to expect the exact same level of production from Vooch and from Levine. And if you want to talk insane, Vucevic is the third-ranked player on Fantrax. My guys... Fantrax, you know I love you. But you go into a draft room and Vooch is sitting at three. <sighs> no. Absolutely not. Under no circumstance. Vooch and Levine are solid second round guys, back end second round guys. Again, we're just expecting a little bit of a drop, a marginal drop in usage, maybe a drop in ball handling. Maybe that's offset by efficiency. Maybe it's not. I can tell you that I feel like the, the usage will drop. But I can't guarantee that that will be offset by increases in efficiency. So that's why I just dropped them down a little bit into that, say, 19 to 25, 26 zone. I think that's probably the right area for them. I think Lonzo Ball is probably like a 45 to 65 player. He's at 38 on ESPN. That's too high. Last season, Lonzo Ball was the 56th ranked player, and he played 32 minutes a night. Now he heads to Chicago, and we're expecting him to be significantly better. 
Mm, I like Lonzo a lot. You know that, but no way. In points leagues, he was 66th last year. I think that's you know, a decent estimation for where he can be again this year. But at 38, no chance. Like, not not interested at all. Well, Kobe White's got some fucking ridiculous numbers here too. ESPN's got him at 103. Now, you guys realize that Kobe is not going to be ready to start this season. He probably misses the first couple of weeks and then comes in as a bench roll. And not only does he come in as a bench roll, he's got to battle Alex Caruso for bench guard minutes. Kobe, I think, is not a standard league draftable player. Yahoo's got him at 160. That seems about right. ESPN's got him at 103. That seems too high. Fantrax has him at 55, which 100% is too high. Kobe White was 115th last year in 31 minutes. Third-year player can improve. Absolutely. Efficiency can improve. All that can improve. But usage and minutes are likely going to go down. So he's unlikely to replicate what he did last season, let alone get better, which is what that ESPN rank would tell us they are expecting him to do. Uh, They should not be telling us to expect that at all. But you should expect great prices when you go to rockauto.com because parts and for your car, there's just so many makes and models of cars. Now, when you go to a local chain auto store, it can be impossible for them to keep every part for your car in stock. And you have to deal with that bloke at the counter. You've got to wait to talk to him for a start. Then he's got to tell you he's going to order it in. What for? You can go to your computer or phone right now, rockauto.com, and find the parts available for your car or truck and save money doing it. The prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and they have been in business serving do-it-yourselfers online for over 20 years. Go and explore the easy-to-use website today and find the solution for your auto parts needs. rockauto.com, that's where you go. That's the place to go. See those parts that are available for your car or truck and in there, how did you hear about us box? Right, locked on. And that means that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Okay, let's go on to the next part. We're looking at deep league flyers here. Troy Brown, there is a legitimate argument for Troy Brown Jr. that he can be more impactful than Kobe White and Alex Caruso this season. I hated the way that he was used in Washington. I think that Billy Donovan, well, I don't love him as a coach. I think he's better than Scott Brooks. And given the lack of wing depth on this team, yeah, Brown could find himself getting minutes that are equivalent to White and Caruso or even more as a 6'9 ball-handling defensive wing who can come in and guard those bigger players. There is some appeal there. He's currently Troy Brown, Brownie. He's currently got a rank of 225 on Yahoo, but he doesn't have any ESPN ranks. I think that 225 is probably too high on Yahoo, but ESPN, look, you can grab him late in those deeper leagues. Kobe White, again, you know, I mentioned that, that the ESPN rank for him is too high. The Fantrax one is insanely too high. But on Yahoo at 160, I don't mind that. 14-team league, last round pick, go ahead. Second round pick, take, take a look. Because he could you know, force Caruso into a 19-minute role and play 27 minutes off the bench, Whitey, and have big, big usage as the guy with the ball in his hands as they try and develop him. He could get traded to another team and find himself in a much larger role. So I like him there. And then in deeper leagues again, Tony Bradley should be the backup center behind Vooch. If Vooch gets hurt, Bradley can be a 10 and 10 double-double guy and 65% shooting with one and a half blocks. And there's value in that. It even might even sneak into standard league consideration because there's no real other centers on this team. Yeah, Simonovic is more of a more of a power forward than a center. So just keep an eye there on, on Tone Bradley as someone who might find themselves in a larger than anticipated role, depending on what goes down. Lastly, let's talk about the rest of the guys we haven't spoken of. Derek Jones Jr., I imagine that he comes in and plays backup power forward minutes behind Patrick Williams. Really came, came across him as part of the Larry Markinen deal, as well as them getting back a first and a second round pick. So good for, good for um, 
uh, Knisivis to be able to recoup some of the first round picks that they've sent out in the Vooch and DeRozan deals. That's good for them to get that back. Jones, it can be really solid defensively. Offensively, he's a complete disaster. But I think he can show us more than he showed in Portland. Now, I wouldn't be surprised also to see Troy Brown Jr. play ahead of him and play better than him this season. I think there's more offensive juice that Brown can provide. But Jones is there as a guy that can be a high field goal percentage person as long as he doesn't take any shots that aren't dunks and block some shots. Yeah, there can be value in that. Javante Green, I'm not really sure Javante Green is an NBA caliber player, but they brought him back. He won't play most nights. Ayo Desumnu, second round pick. Again, a guy that's probably going to play mostly for Windy City. I'm a little bit concerned about him being able to stick in the NBA level as well. And then Devin Dotson, they brought back as a two-way guy, who I think's got a little bit to show. He is small. He had, did have a knee injury last year and then hurt his ankle in summer league. But he is a guy that's got some passing upside and maybe a little bit of offensive uh, chops in terms of shooting. But the rest of the roster is pretty bare. They still have a couple of roster spots spare. Maybe they're bringing back Ryan archer Jackano into one of those spots. Denzel the Hammer Valentine still floating around. Maybe they look to bring him back, but they still have a couple of roster spots available, including one two-way slot that they can still fill. So don't think that their roster is completely filled. It's not going to cut into their going to cut into their main rotation or anything like that. But there might be some other guys coming into the team, guys. That'll do it for me. Fantasy basketball preview for the Chicago Bulls done. Of course, you can see. Actually, you know what? Let's just go through and talk about where I see these guys. As I said, Vooch and Levine, probably back-end, second-round type players. Um, Levine, much worse in points leagues, I think, than in categories because that value that he shows in efficiency um, doesn't translate across, as, as well across there, but they're more second-round, third-round type guys. DeRozan's like a fourth to fifth-round guy in both formats. Lonzo's a fifth to sixth-round guy, worse in points than category leagues for sure. Williams is a late-round player, uh, and Kobe White's a late-round flyer. Then you go to Bradley and Caruso, Jones, Simonovich, Brown, who are just those those very, very late-round players. Guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app on YouTube. We're going to be coming tomorrow with uh, one of the hosts of Locked On Bulls, Dave Watson. Big Dave Watson's going to be coming on talking about the Bulls as well, so check that out. Follow this podcast. Give it a subscribe. Give it a thumbs up. Ring the notification bell. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.